Welcome to another episode of In The Zone. I, of course, am your host, Chris Broussard, and boy, do we have a show for you today. We have none other than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar joining us on the set for a great one-on-one interview. Of course, after that, we'll go to Knockdown Jay with my man, Jason McIntyre. You know, in talking to Kareem, we talked about a lot of things, including the current Lakers, including the current point guard, Lonzo Ball, who everybody's talking about. Kareem, like many, said he's been underwhelmed so far. Now, Kareem's running mate in history, of course, Magic Johnson, he said he thinks Lonzo's going to break many of his records and become an all-time great Laker. I, for one, do not think Lonzo will ever be a top five Laker of all time like Magic Johnson is. And that got me to thinking, who are the top five Lakers of all time? It's a tough list to make because there have been some tremendous ones, but I'm going to give you my top five. At number five, Jerry West. People don't really understand how great of a player Jerry West was. He averaged 27 points a game for his career. That is fourth best all time. Jerry West averaged more points per game in the playoffs than every single NBA player in history other than Michael Jordan. Jerry West led the Lakers to nine, can I say it, nine NBA Finals appearances. He only won one, but it wasn't really his fault because he balled out. And if we went off the court, Jerry West would probably be number one, be Mr. Laker undisputedly because he was the GM during the Showtime era with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Magic Johnson. He was the guy that put together the Shaq Kobe Lakers that won three titles in a row. So Jerry West, number five, all-time greatest Laker. At number four, Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq would almost certainly be higher on the list if he had played his whole career, or at least more of it, with the Lakers than with other teams. He only played eight years with the Lakers, but boy, what in eight years they were. He won three championships during that time. Of course, the three-peat with Kobe Bryant. And Shaq was unstoppable during that three-peat. He averaged 36 points and 15 rebounds during the Lakers' three finals appearances in which they won all of them. Shaquille O'Neal, one of the greatest players of all time, number four on the Lakers' all-time list. At number three, the man we're talking to today, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem, I believe, is the greatest player ever to play for the Lakers. So the greatest player ever to play for the Lakers, but a lot of his best years, many of his best years, were in Milwaukee before he got to the Lakers. He won five titles with the Lakers, of course, Showtime. And, but the last few, he was past his prime. Certainly the last two, maybe the last three. So he wasn't always at his best throughout his Lakers tenure, but he had the best shot of all time, the sky hook, and that enabled him even past his prime, even into his late 30s and early 40s to still be a big time scorer, particularly down the stretch of games when the Lakers definitely would need a basket. They still could go to an aged Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So just for those reasons, I've got him at number three, even though he's the greatest player ever to put on a Lakers uniform. At number two, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, of course, 
five championships with the Lakers. Yeah, Shaq was the man in the first three, but Kobe was a tremendous number two. You might even say 1A for the last two. He averaged 25 points the second year and killed it in the third championship. Kobe Bryant then, without Shaq, wins two more titles with Pau Gasol and Andrew Bynum. And then when he wasn't winning titles, he was lighting it up individually. 35 points a game in 2006, that's the highest scoring average for any Lakers player ever. I mean, you're talking about Wilt Chamberlain, you're talking about Elgin Baylor, and all the people on this list, none average as many points as Kobe Bryant. And of course, who could forget the 81-point extravaganza, second only to Wilt Chamberlain when Wilt played elsewhere. So Kobe Bryant, number two on the list, tremendous Bean Bryant, Black Mamba. At number one, of course, the Magic Man, Magic Johnson. Like Kobe, won five titles. But Magic was the architect of the Showtime Lakers, the architect of the greatest era we may have seen ever in basketball. He, along with his rival Larry Bird in Boston, resurrected the NBA. And Magic Johnson, sorry Kobe, but Magic was the most exciting player in Lakers history with all his no-look passes, behind-the-back passes, tremendous showmanship, obviously a winner, got to nine NBA Finals and was a very unselfish player, didn't mind playing second fiddle to Kareem and just running the show, even James Worthy at times as far as scoring. So Magic Johnson, the ultimate winner, is the greatest Laker of all time. All right, well, I want to welcome to In The Zone the definition of a li living legend, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem, it is an honor and a pleasure to have you in the zone. Nice to be here with you, Chris. You going back to UCLA, is there one memory above all that sticks out to you about those years? Jeez, I, I think, um, yeah, at my junior year when we beat uh, Houston in, in the uh, semifinals and uh, put to rest all those uh, ideas that, that we weren't the best team <laughs> in the country. That, that was very satisfying, yeah. you know, as far as my basketball career is concerned. But, you know, being out there on, on, uh, in, in Drake Stadium and getting my diploma, I mean, that, that's why I came to UCLA. And uh, that, that was a very satisfying day. It had nothing to do with basketball, but, you know, just uh, I, I was the first person in my family to, to get a college degree. Most athletes or most basketball players aren't getting that experience now because, you know, the best ones are one and done. Yeah. Um, you obviously would have been able to be a one and done if you were coming up today. Do you think you would have stayed to try to graduate or even longer than one year? Or how, how do you think you would have looked at it? That's hard to, to figure out, you know, because uh, there's so much money involved now. It wasn't just uh, you know a couple hundred thousand dollars yeah. like it was when I was coming out. <laughs> talking serious wealth yeah. now, so that that's that changes it. But you know, I really like the example of uh, what the University of Wisconsin did. You know, those two years that they went to the NC2A finals, and everybody on the, in the basketball program made a commitment to stay there and learn and win together, and that yeah. was a nice thing to see. I really, I, I enjoyed that yeah. aspect of it, you know, and uh, that, that doesn't happen much anymore. And to see them be as successful as they were, so, you know, I, I really 
try to give credit to Coach Kruger and, and, and his recruits because uh, they set a, a, real, yeah. a really fine example for what college sports could be about. What's your feel? There's been talk now that Commissioner Adam Silver and the NBA, they may get rid of the one-and-done rule, let guys come straight out of high school again. Do you have a feeling on what you think should be done? I do. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think it should be uh, you need to be 21 years old wow. or have a, an associate's degree. So that's degree. basically four year, three, four years in college. Or have an associate's degree. You know? okay. so, so at go, least two. Go to J.C., Learn wow. something, you know, learn how to be on time. You know, all these things that make you uh, a, a better adult uh, and more capable as a professional, I think, would would help the game. Uh, the one-and-done thing, is, it's, it's terrible, and it, it's, uh, it's ruined college basketball to some extent. College is definitely suffering. Right. I think the teams that win now couldn't, couldn't even compete with the top 30 teams right. 15 years ago. And, you know, uh, just uh, to, to see a team w with a lot of juniors and seniors that, that can play well, there's an obvious difference yeah. there, you yeah. know. And so I, I think uh, the, N the NBA would be protecting itself because that would force guys to stay in school a little bit and learn the things they need to learn, and then they won't come into the NBA and ride the pine for two or three years as they learn it while they're in the NBA. What would with you say? Much less time. What would you say to those? You know, obviously you mentioned earlier the financial aspect. Yeah. Some are coming from tough circumstances. They feel like, hey, I'm 18 or 19. I should be able to make this money. What would you say to the families that are like, look, we just want to get in and, and get this money, and that's fair? Uh, that's fine. Uh, they have a D League. So, so you think they could go straight out of high school to the D League? Yeah, I, I think that that would be the best thing for them and the NBA, because then the NBA gets a chance to see what these kids are all about. A lot of them are are just they're the right size, they can dunk a basketball and shoot it, and they think that that that's all they need to do. And uh, you know, where's my fifteen million dollars? Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> that's not doing the game any good, and it's not good for these individuals. You know, they, they, are, they don't realize it, but they're suffering also because uh, their development is uh, really, it truncates their development. Uh, Just as people? Or as, as, as people, and uh, if it doesn't work for them, if they can't make it into the NBA, they, 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 they see themselves as failures. What do you think of the quality of play in the NBA today? Uh, it's all over the place. You got some guys that are really talented, and then you got some guys that don't know the game very well. But uh, there they are. You were obviously a back-to-the-basket center. Most big men were at that point. What do you think today? It's a lot of three-pointers, very little impressive post-play. When you see that, what, what goes through your mind? It's so different from the way you played. I, I think that uh, the fans are being cheated because there's no balance now. Everything is, yeah, we've got to run out and shoot a three-point play. When I played, uh, there was some balance. Uh, we tried to use the inside game to set up the outside game and vice versa. Uh, the guys on the outside, when they got the ball into the pivot and I was getting these high-percentage shots, it forced the defense to sag a little bit. It gave them more room on the outside to do their thing. Yeah. So that type of balance and cohesion, uh, it's not happening now. I think the fans are getting cheated a little bit on the, on the quality of, of the uh, general game plan uh, that, that's being uh, played out now. You had 
I'd say the most, most people say the most unstoppable shot ever, the sky hook. Why don't players, and I think you and I have talked about this in the past, but why don't players use that, especially centers? The, nobody's teaching it to them when they're in grade school. Guy taught me, showed me the George Mikan drill when I was in the fifth grade. I started working on it. Within two years, I had to shot down because, you know, I, I wasn't a starter in my grade <laughs> school. You know, so I had That must stuff. have been a really good grade school. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But, you know, when you're talking about something, I look like one of those newborn colts, you know, with <laughs> the legs shaking and everything. That's, that's what I looked like. But I had something to work on. Yeah. So in the summertime, I'd work on it. And uh, the, the custodian of my, of my grade school gave me the key to the gym so I could get in on, on those cold nights in, in the winter. <laughs> you know, Mr. Kelly, he was, make sure you put the chairs back. I said, all right. But, you know, I'd go in, you know, I had something to work on. So by the time I got into high school, I had the hook shot down because I, I learned it the yeah. right way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you, you can tell guys who have learned how to shoot the jumper right away, you know, their dad or somebody has, yeah. has showed them the, Steph Curry, right? Yeah. Dell, uh, that, that's one hell of a, <laughs> a, of a mentor to, to show you how to shoot your J. So that's why Steph is as awesome as he is. I remember I, they, they showed him on ESPN, I think. He shot 100 practice three-pointers. He made 92, including 77 in a row. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's, 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 unbelievable. You know, I mean, that noise you just heard is my draw dropping again, <laughs> you know. That, that's, that's some serious work. You you worked with the Lakers when Andrew Bynum was yeah. there. I don't know if you've worked with other big men. Did you try to teach anybody? The sky hook? Andrew was doing pretty good with it. But then, you know, he signed his contract for $50 million, and then he decided that I didn't know anything. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was that. Stop working on it. Yeah, and uh, he stopped working on it, and uh, he, he wasn't in the league too much longer after that. No, you're right. You're right. Another year he was gone. But An Andrew, Andrew was getting it. Was he doing a sky hook or more of a jump hook? He was doing more of a jump hook, but he was learning how to use his length, and that shot – and, you know, how to set himself up around the basket to get easy shots. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it was a, a plus for the team. We, we won uh, two championships there. We've got a sky hook. Someone from Fox. You go get ahead and show, show Kareem. I'm going like Jabbar. Abdul Jabbar, sky hook. I'm telling you. <laughs> Abdul Jabbar, they don't know nothing about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's true how was the form on that it was okay look you, you got it in you know that, <laughs> that's what it what it takes you set yourself up and they they can't get to the ball when you're can't in your shooting they, they can't because they can't time it and space it the right way it, it's it's set up that way i gotta ask you this how would your showtime lakers fare against the golden state warriors who are the dominant team today Oh, we would have done very well, but we'll never know unless we can put those two teams out on the court <laughs> and actually put it to the test. But I'd say, you know, we would get really good uh, post-up uh, production from myself and James Worthy. <laughs> I know that. They couldn't, Draymond Green couldn't guard you. Uh, and uh, I don't know what they would do with, with James. Okay. So it, it might come down to can we guard uh, their perimeter shooters. Could you get out? You didn't have to at that time, but, you know, you'd have to probably get out on the perimeter and guard. Right. I, I wouldn't do that. I, I'd make sure that they didn't get layups. 
yeah. or second shots. That's that's that was my job, and I did that pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I I would try and do that, and I would force them to to double team me, you know, especially you know if I could get Javelle. Oh my guys, God. Would you guys? <laughs> Well, that's it. You guys would have just pounded it in. I mean, you would have went for 60, 70. Not necessarily, because they would have done something about that. But then we'd have Byron and Magic and Mike Cooper on the perimeter yeah. at that point, and uh, they'd be getting wide open shots. Uh, can you see Jamal, <laughs> you know, getting oh. wide open shots? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no you guys missing? win in how many games? Seven. Seven game series. I'd, I'd say. I think we could win in, in six, and it would depend on how how they in, interpret the rules. Well, the rules are so different. The hand now, we yeah. played with hand checking. You know, I, I want to see Steph make all those shots uh, from thirty five feet with somebody with the hand on his hip and, and bumping him on, on his body. That that makes it a lot. How that, much tougher for the average fan? I don't think a lot of people understand. They don't understand how much, how much more difficult it is to make a long shot when you have that kind of mm -hmm. unsteady uh, foundation. Because somebody's bumping you and got a hand on your hip and yep. trying to keep you off balance, and you can't do that now. And you know, well, you know, with players like LeBron, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, the interpretation of the, of the rules have changed to to facilitate those outside shots. So you know, I I think it's a it's a different it's a different game now. The game has evolved a little bit. It's not the same. But I, it's still a great game. People enjoy it. Yeah. So, yeah. You mentioned LeBron. A lot of people talk about who's the greatest player of all time, LeBron James or Michael Jordan. And, and I mean, you're six-time champion, record six-time MVP, leading scorer in history. Do you feel like you don't get your just due? I think that uh, people oftentimes uh, – overemphasize style over substance. All right, so Michael Jordan's style was incredible. Mm -hmm. it, it's so athletic and flashy, and uh, I didn't have that, but the effect of my game was win. Pretty impactful. You know, <laughs> so th that, that's, that, that, that's a hard thing to determine because people would, would give it to Michael just on, he, he just looks so good doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and he was a handsome young man and, and stylish, you know, that... So I, I think that, that affects people in a way where they, they're not objective. When he came into the league, you played against him when he was young. What was that like playing against him? What did you think when you saw him? Uh, as soon as he came into the league, he started leading, leading the league and scoring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know, I knew he could do it. And James Worthy said, watch this guy. He's going he's gonna to be something. And he was absolutely right. So who do you think is the greatest player of all time? I, I think we can't determine that. Um, it, it's it's impossible to determine that. How how are we going to get uh, Jerry West to play against Steph Curry? You know, mm -hmm. Steph would have had a tough time with Jerry. I'm telling <laughs> you that right now. Oscar, you know, would have worn some of these guys out. Yeah, there's no there's no way of of, of comparing it. You know, what can you do? You have a Mount Rushmore no. of NBA players. I I have uh, a, a pantheon. You know. And uh, the circle has to keep getting bigger because there's more and more great players coming through mm -hmm. uh, that deserve to be in, in, in the circle. So, uh, you know, I just uh, try to acknowledge everybody. And, uh, you know, I, I let 
the people that go to sports bars, they can argue about it. They order their wings and their, their brews, and they can start <laughs> arguing. But we're not going to figure this one out. <laughs> Can't figure it out. Who was the best player you played against? Oh, man. Whether you guarded him or just it was a different I, position? The best center? Well, best center first, yeah. Uh, geez, uh, Nate Thurman was the best guy that, that guarded me. I had a tough time guarding people like McAdoo, uh, Dan Issel, guys that could shoot it good from the top of the key. They took me out from where I played my best defense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the best guy I played against might have been, uh, you know, Larry Bird, someone yeah. like that. How good was Michael Bird? Jordan. People, I don't think people, people, people look at him and think, yeah, oh, he's a white guy, slow guy. Chubby white guy, he wore <laughs> us out, man. You know, because he just, this was, this muscle here, the one between his ears, Yeah, that was his best, you know, because he, he made the three-pointers and he had assists and rebounded, steals. He was always at the right place at the right time on the court. You know, one of the great players, I, you know, I, I had the opportunity to play against. Do you have an opinion? Bird was, like you said, one of the greatest of all time. Jerry West, Dave Cowens during your day, Rick Barry. We haven't had a white American superstar probably since John Stockton. Do you have an opinion on why we see good white European players, great right. ones, yeah. but not American. Do you have an opinion on why – America's not producing great white players? Uh, I think that uh, there might not be any interest in, in doing that. Uh, other sports? Other sports and other things. and Too many white families have, uh, they have enough to do counting their money, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Magic Johnson and Larry Bird are kind of linked together. What was it like playing with Magic? It was great. Um, just what he brought to the team in terms of his competence as a point guard and then as an emotional leader. Just That's incalculable, you know, just yeah. what he gave you. Uh, you know, that, that very first game where he went nuts yeah, after yeah, I hit yeah, the yeah. shot. And, you know, I was like, hey, man, look, we got 81 <laughs> more games. You know, I'm going to be pra pragmatic. But he made it possible for me to see that it was all right to enjoy the moment. Okay. And I needed that. I needed that. I, you know, I didn't Did realize it take it. you a while to It took me a while to there? adjust to being able to enjoy winning like that and, and having some laughs, and that was okay. You know, prior to that, it wasn't okay for me. You know, and it, Why was that? Just Why was that your mentality? Different, in, different generation. Yeah. You know, and he, he didn't have that. That, that wasn't uh, an issue for him. So it enabled me to, to loosen up. Because people, you you know, I mean, a lot of people say they thought you were aloof at, as a player and, and some even say mean and stuff like that. Do you think those descriptions were accurate? No, okay. no, they weren't accurate. But uh, I, I, I was just very reserved and uh, I didn't want to be criticized, you know, so I, I tried to keep kept. I was too wrapped too tight, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I was wrapped too tight and. Uh, Playing with Irvin allowed all those inhibitions, you know, let that go. We're winning. All of a sudden, it's showtime, you know. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it was uh, a change in in the uh, in the character of our team that, that 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 we really benefited from. Lonzo Ball, another player, Magic himself has compared him to. Um, how do you? What do you think so far of Lonzo? I know you've talked about that. I don't think Lonzo has shown that he's an overwhelming talent. 
He's got a lot to learn, but uh, he has he definitely has skill. He great court vision. He's going to have to play a lot better defense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's going to have to shoot the ball better. But you know, he's a rookie. Yeah, you. We talked about you know as a player what you're at. You were kind of like you say kind of closed up, but now it seems like you've really come into your own as a writer. Yeah. Um, I mean, you regularly write for the Hollywood Reporter and are talking about a lot of these issues that we're discussing. Um, you've written, just written your 14th book, uh, Becoming Kareem, Growing Up On and Off the Court. Do your, how do your accomplishments off the court or post-career, basketball career, as terms of the satisfaction you gain from it compare to the satisfaction you got from your accomplishments on the court? Well, it's, it's really nice to have a second life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's been fun. Uh, five years after I retired from the NBA, I was like, well, what am I going to do now? You know, so I, I wrote my first history book and, uh, it was fun. I didn't know if it was going to be fun. Uh, I cert- it was satisfying, but I didn't know how much fun it was going to be. But, uh, once I, I got my teeth into it, uh, I'm glad I did it. You wrote your first non-basketball book, I guess was Black Profiles and Courage. Yes. Do you feel like, I feel like a lot of, as an African-American myself, we as a people don't know enough of our history. Exactly. Whether it's American, African-American history or African history. Do you feel that way? And it, what do you think is the solution to... to that's why to I wrote that? my book. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why I wrote it, because um, we, black Americans don't understand what they've contributed. Black Americans have contributed so much to what make makes America great. Mm-hmm. If we appreciated that, we would have a, an easier time doing the things that we need to do to to realize the full fruit of all the possibilities of being an American citizen. We're still trying to get to that to that point. You know, and our country's over 250 years old. Yep. Yep. So, uh, you know, we we've uh, we've come a long way, but we still have work to do and a long way to go. You also did some acting Back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, your 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 part in uh, Airplane was legendary. Yeah, it was <laughs> that cameo. How'd that come about? Uh, the uh, Zucker brothers had they're from uh, Wisconsin, and they had seen me play with the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, they wanted Pete Rose for that for that role, but they were shooting the movie Pete in the Rose. summer. Pete was working, <laughs> so I, I got a shot at it. <laughs> well, the last thing I'll let you comment on your book. Um, what I mean again, you've wrote written fourteen. This one I believe is for young readers. It's for younger readers, and I want them to. The, the whole idea of the book was to give them an idea of how to make choices, how to pick mentors, because mentorship really enables you to learn uh, from the people that have been there. If you have an interest in something and you talk to people who have uh, done it, been there and done that, you can skip over making a whole lot of dumb mistakes mm-hmm. and come into come into whatever it is you want to do without the bruises and scars uh, that, <laughs> that you have to do it if you had to learn on your own. Yeah. So uh, it, it's just uh, trying to, to show uh, how I accumulated some wisdom and how I, I learned from uh, the various mentors that I had, starting with, with my parents, but including Bruce Lee and, and John Wooden, uh, Wilt, you know, it, I, I learned from a whole lot of people. Did you play with Wilt at that time? Like, ever play basketball with him? Wilt would come to the gym up in Harlem, 
and uh, he used to lift up there. And uh, I sometimes I go in there with him, and we'd play horse. I I used to beat him in horse. <laughs> you beat you played Dr. J one on one, right? Yeah, we did you, a match after after uh, I retired. And you won that. Yeah, I, I, beat, I beat him. Yeah. So you had to get out there and guard him. Yeah. People didn't look at you as guarding on the perimeter, but you had to. Obviously, I made with Dr. I made J. two three pointers. <laughs> And took him to the hole a lot. It was, <laughs> I got even for 1983, uh, was it? Yeah, yeah that's right, when uh, he had Moses Malone. <laughs> well, Kareem, this was great. Thank you for joining us in the zone. All the best, Chris. Good luck yeah. with your show. Thank you. Hey, guys, Chris Broussard here. And before the show moves along, I wanted to tell you about the newest big project at Fox. 89 Blocks, executive produced by the king himself, LeBron James. 89 Blocks is the first film from Fox Sports' new documentary series entitled Magnify. This is a story about the East St. Louis Flyers high school football team, but it goes far beyond the lines of the field. It's an in-depth look at a community on the edge and the enduring spirit of its people to continue following their dreams. Watch 89 Blocks this Sunday afternoon, November 26th on Fox. Check your local listings. Wow, what an interview with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Such a pleasure to talk to him. And to go from Kareem to this, quite a drop, I oh, must admit. Oh, come on, Chris, show some respect <laughs> up in here. Jeez. No, nah, my man, Jason McIntyre. I like to call him J-Mac. That was awkward. That man. was very awkward, Just, yes, you yes, know. Yes. But hey, you're in the zone. You're in the zone. What do you have for me today on Knockdown J? Actually, let's start with your top five list. You cool with me going there? Perfect. Okay. Chris, Kobe Bryant is way too high on your all-time Laker rankings. Kobe Bryant, a phenomenal Laker. Don't great give him NBA love player. when you're going to diss him. You're uh, about listen, to diss him in about tw- 10 seconds. I, I just I'm, Okay, fine. Here, here's the diss. I got to slide him from two to five. And now, is that a diss? Fifth I, greatest Laker? Is that a slight? We're talking yes, about all-time slight. greats. Magic Johnson, the best point guard ever. Jerry West, the logo. Shaq, one of the best centers in NBA history. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I mean, the leading scorer in NBA history, I believe. We're, it's not a slight to knock Kobe down, but here's why I have Kobe 5. He rode shotgun very admirably to Shaq for three of those titles. Shaq was the a finals MVP. They couldn't have done it without Kobe. No denying it, but he was number two. So we take the title away No, from we don't. It just knocks him down. Oh, was was uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar ever number two? Yeah. He won a finals. Yeah. MVP at, I believe, 37 years old. Kareem, yeah. Jerry West the... is the reason the Lakers went to nine straight finals. Primary Kareem reason. was out of his prime for the last two championships and probably the last three. And he, he won a finals MVP. He averaged 14 points a game the year they won his last title. And the... 17 points a game the year they won his fourth title with the Lakers. At 37, he was a oh, finals was MVP. Kobe was in his prime, couldn't eclipse Shaq. But again, it's not a well, knock. Who does eclipse Shaq? Exactly. Shaq is arguably the best you, big man ever. Arguably. You just eclipsed Shaq by putting yes, Kobe ahead of him. because Shaq only won three titles with the Lakers. How many Kobe win? Do you know? I don't know. Do One, you know? Two, three, five. five. Yes. yes. I mean, where's the argument? So you're a rings He guy. gave you five titles. So you're a rings No, guy. that's and he was phenomenal individually. Okay. I just want to hold you to the rings thing. We no, don't have to go Ring, forever. Remember, I told you a few weeks ago, it's a gumbo. It's a stew. Oh, it's a stew. So yes, rings are a part of the stew. Rings are the sausage, the andouille sausage. Okay. But statistics andouille are the shrimp. Who's this guy, a chef? Yes, I'm a, shrimp. I'm a chef when it comes to gumbo. You know, I'm from Louisiana. 
Kobe five rings, Shaq three. Kobe played his entire career with the Lakers. Yeah. Shaq well, only he, played eight years with the Lakers. Kobe kind of ran him out of town because he wanted Whatever. to be the man, and then he got wanted to play with Smush Parker and those it guys. Wasn't all Kobe on ended Kobe. up saying, "Oh yeah, let me. I just want to get mine. I want to get my thirty-five. Well, and he a, did get two yeah, rings. He got thirty-five a game and didn't win squat. And then when he realized, I can't do this by myself. I need some help. Let me get Paul Gasol. He's lucky he got Paul Gasol. Okay, he is lucky. Well, hold on, you just he said earlier no nobody can win it by themselves. Exactly, but when you're Has number LeBron two, ever won it without other great players? LeBron's around been you? the Finals Has MVP Shaq ever won it every without single other great time. LeBron's you? won a title. Yeah, but I'm saying they still need great players. You do, yeah. Kyrie hit the game winning shot. Do we gonna take take that title no, away? No, not at all. Does that detract from LeBron's greatness Ky- because listen, he didn't hit the game winning shot? If you're trying to shot? make up some fake news argument about Kyrie versus LeBron, greatest Cav ever, that's not happening. <laughs> but this is. Kobe, all I'm saying, and again, Kobe's Kobe, an all-time. Who has player. the who has the highest points per game average in Lakers history? How many games? For a more, how many more games for did he play? Season. Well, no, got, for a season. I don't know. Jerry West, Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Oh wow! Thirty-five. Give me all, the stats, of baby. All the great players to play for the Lakers, none average as many points for a season as Kobe Bryant. Okay, so you're a points Kobe guy. Kobe scored eight or nine points. It's, so Chris remember, likes points, rings. Points he is likes the okra. Points. Okay. Point, points is the okra in the gumbo. So you love Dominic Wilkins, right? I mean, I could go on and on about points and stats. I think we should move on because that's a loss for you early. Uh, Out the <laughs> gate, I just destroyed your top five. Fifth? I mean, I love <laughs> the logo. I love the logo. The logo had one ring as a player. Oh. Come on. In the finals eight How or nine put, times. But he won one. How you putting him ahead of Kobe Bryant? D- doesn't getting there matter? Yes, and Kobe got there as well. Kobe got there, what, six times? Seven, seven. Kobe's in seven finals and won five. Is Kobe, I am demolishing you. Are you texting Kobe? When we're oh done with this? So you gotta see what I said to J Mac. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. So second topic. Yeah, we better move Chris, on. Chris, um, we've seen the Celtics off to a hot start. I'm telling you right now, undeniable. Kyrie Irving is better off without LeBron James. And let me let me quantify this by saying, last over the summer, all anybody said was, "Oh, Kyrie's never gonna make it by himself." We saw him. Pre-LeBron. We saw him. He can put up stats. You love stats. You love points. But he ain't winning nothing. So now Kyrie's actually taking a step back statistically, right? We, we talked stats about this. Are not stats are down, but guess they what? In Cleveland. They got the best record in the league. Mm-hmm. He's playing with a rookie, Jason Tatum. Four new starters in Boston. They lose Gordon Hayward. We've already been through it. I believe he's the MVP. I believe he's better off without LeBron. Now you could, you could argue, hey, he's got Brad Stevens, the best coach in the league. Understandable, but again, That's true. 16 straight games for the Celtics that they've won. We don't know how long this streak could go. This could be one of the best streaks. He's playing so clutch in the final five minutes of games this year. Take over. Oh, shooting over 50%. Zero turnovers. I mean, I just think we're seeing prime Kyrie Irving just scratching the surface. Remember, no Gordon Hayward yet. I love Kyrie. I, I, I don't disagree with anything you said for the for the most part. I shouldn't say anything you said. But, look, he's playing great. I, I have Harden as the MVP. Right. We'll see if Chris Paul's return takes away from some of Harden's statistics. But Kyrie's a close second. Uh, however, I, I would say he's better off now because he landed in Boston. He they, The Cavaliers probably should be kicking themselves because they traded Kyrie – to a great situation. He's got a phenomenal coach. He's got good talent around him. He is going to be in the championship contention 
for the next, for the foreseeable future. Okay. Contention. Th th that mean they'll win it. The Clippers were in contention the last several years. <laughs> no, I mean, you want to be, you want to be fun. one of those five or six teams that people talk about as having a chance Certainly. to win the championship. And Boston will be there. Okay. However, he was fortunate. I wouldn't say overall in any situation he's better off without LeBron. He's lucky he didn't get traded to Phoenix, which was a possibility. If he, If Kyrie Irving, as great as he is, had gotten traded to the Phoenix Suns, they would not have made the playoffs, okay? And if you don't make the playoffs or aren't even close, guess what? In the West where their talent is abundant, you aren't even making all-star teams. And with Steph, with Westbrook, with Harden, with Lillard, with all the great guards, Klay Thompson, I could go on and on. In the West, Kyrie may have gone to Phoenix, had a terrible record, and not even been an all-star. It would have been downhill. Yeah. It would have crushed him. But, okay, crushed that's, his I, I, that's so my point is just I No, think... my point is just that he is definitely better off right now. Right now. In Boston, but just saying he's better off without LeBron but virtually under as, any circumstance. What about as a player, Chris? He, he's the not. Ball... He's playing the same. I mean, he's he's got more responsibility and more freedom, and he's in a better system. But as far as his game, his game is the same. He averaged 25 points in Cleveland. He averaged 22 right but, now but for Boston. He, was like he this... averaged more assists last year with the Cavs with LeBron than he's averaging now without him. But again, I, I like to Two lean percentage on... percentage is the same. Right. I like to lean on expectations. Coming in to the season, nobody was saying, man, these guys could reel off 16 in a row, have the best record. And when Gordon Hayward went down, all oh, yeah, I heard anywhere was, this ain't even a top four team. Are they going to make the playoffs? They got a lot of young guys. And they are the best team in the league. And that's because of Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie he may not have the, the numbers. He's the but major player. When I, but okay. Brad Stevens is No a doubt huge, about it. He created Isaiah Thomas. Part, and exactly. on that. In but, fact, Isaiah's numbers were much better than Kyrie's are right now. But they now. didn't win like this. They and won, they had they better the defenders. They had Avery Bradley. Well, Their uh, defense wasn't no, better. Their defense is, is better track. now. It is. This team is on track to win 60 games, eclipsing what they did last year. Yeah. But let me quickly go back to the expectations. I just feel like I mean, you were a big report card guy, right, in school. Lo your parents loved it when you came home with the exceeded expectations, yeah, right? Yeah, they, they would take me out to eat. Yes, they would take you I out to a, a nice, nice uh, big like Mac. gumbo dinner One time in we New went Orleans. to Johnny Bench's home plate Ooh, in Cincinnati. Impressive. Yeah. A nice little uh, touch there. <laughs> when I lived there. But, uh, but I, I got to say, when you look around the league, he has exceeded expectations. So far, we're like one-fifth of the way through, yeah. more than any other player and team Team-wise, yes. Team-wise, uh, yes. I mean, Chris, would you watch them? But, he's uh, creating in the, in the lane. They're making the He's playing pass. great. Everybody knows. But we he's, playing, him nobody can he's playing just like he played in Cleveland. He's playing tremendously. The clutch stuff is not new. We knew Kyrie we knew was, was clutch. clutch. And here's the thing. If he was still in Cleveland, guess what? There's no doubt they'd be going to the finals. Now, you like him, but most people around the league still think Cleveland's going to the finals. And by the way, Cleveland has picked it up a little bit. All right? Now, here's the one. Say that for next Even next if week Boston doesn't get to the finals, here's why I still ride with your point that he's better off in Boston without LeBron. Okay. Because even if they got to the finals in Cleveland, they're getting beat. Barring injury, barring crazy suspensions mm. like in 2016, Cleveland is still losing to Golden State.
I mean, they and barely so, won a game last year. That's what I'm saying. Barely. So, so Kyrie would have stayed in Cleveland, got to the finals, been an all-star, and, but not won. Okay. So that's so why you he's getting record? more individual love in Boston right now because he's the man. Uh, statistically, he's not as good, but you know, he's, are you on record he's in the MVP race. He's never been in MVP race with LeBron. Are you on record saying the Celtics have zero chance to win the finals? Not zero. I said last week. I'm 80% Cleveland, 20% Boston as far as winning the East. Wow. 80% Cleveland? 80%. Can you rewrite that down for a note? Oh, so we uh, run this I'm back saying it week? with my chest. He's going to lower it to 70. I've got it. 80%. 51-49 Boston. Okay, oh, moving stop on. It, stop Final it. topic. Big game tonight. You excited? Yes. How about this one? Let me lay it on you thick. I'm going to just let this marinate. I'm going to put it out there. Like I'm pushing a nice stew right in front of you. Ooh, licking your chops. Russell Westbrook is the problem oh, in Oklahoma gosh. City. The no, problem. Don't, don't laugh too hard. Listen, I'm not going to hit you with a million stats, but Sorry. I will tell you this. Get him out of the zone. I'm going to get him out of the right zone now. right now. A leopard does not change his spots. We saw Russell Westbrook last year. We've seen Russell yeah, Westbrook we in the past. Him the second he ever is ever a ball-dominant point guard. He don't like the point guard. He don't like to pass. You just praise Kyrie Irving. He is a ball dominant player. And he's winning. He's a winning player. Russell Westbrook under 500. Sorry. I got some stats for you. Ready? 16 games into the season. You think they're going to finish under 500? Let's get that on camera. Look into the camera. I I need to. Let me get back to my thesis. Okay, hold on. Back up. That's what I thought. Guess who is last in the NBA in passes per game? You just take a wild guess which team? The Thunder. The Thunder. Guess which team is first in isolation plays in the NBA? Isolation is from a and that's uh, from an Westbrook's old era. Fault. That's not that wouldn't be okay. Billy Donovan's so coach's fault. Russell Westbrook, you love stats, Donovan's Chris. Fault? You love stats. This is for all the YouTube commenters who call you the goat. <laughs> you love stats, that's all right? right? Y'all, I keep the love Russell coming. Westbrook down eleven points per game, shooting percentage. Of course, because he's sharing the rock. Career low, thirty-nine percent. Three-point percentage down. Free throw attempts down. He's not doing anything right. I'm telling you. Wait, wait, wait. Russell Westbrook is immensely talented. Did you just say what I thought you said? Number two in time of possession. He's not doing anything right. He just added Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. You'd think they'd spread the ball around, play a little more unselfish. Russell Westbrook is number two in the NBA in time of possession after James Harden. The man does not stop dribbling. He is fourth in the league in seconds per touch. He gets the ball. It's just, I'm just dribbling. I'm just working it out on the perimeter. Listen, something, whatever, whatever analytics. The last one, I don't want to hit you too hard. (laughs) Lastly, games decided by three points or less. Final three minutes. OKC 0-7. That's on the point guard. Take it away, Chris. Take it away. Really? Let me me crack open this water. I just got fired up. I'm sorry. Russell Westbrook is not doing anything right. You just said that. He's the problem. He's averaging 21 points, basically 10 assists, and 8 rebounds a game. Or actually, basically 9 rebounds a game. He's the leading rebounder on the squad. Ooh, ooh, rebounds. Okay? Lonzo Ball's rebounding. You said that Russell Westbrook is not a winning player. He's not. He's been to the NBA Finals. Kevin Durant dragged him there. He didn't drag him. James Harden and Durant did. Harden, Harden was, was not year. good was in that, that final. He was not good in the final. Russell game. Westbrook was phenomenal that season. He was a great player even then. He's been to several conference finals. 
Last year, he maximized the talent on that team. First round. <laughs> if he, you, you, you talked about isolation basketball as if that's a curse, as if that's Westbrook's fault. What is what did Cleveland play with LeBron and Kyrie? That's one of the reasons Kyrie wanted to get out of there because they play isolation basketball. So my point is just that you can win playing isolation basketball and Oklahoma City and Russell Westbrook are far from the only team and players to thrive in isolation. Can I get a timeout of the zone real quick quick 30 second timeout? Yes. You just compared LeBron to Russell no, Westbrook? No. Are you out of your mind, Chris? What I was saying is that don't rip Westbrook for being a great ISO player unless you're going to rip LeBron for being a great ISO I'm player. I'm not going to rip unless the second rip best Kyrie. player in NBA history for anything. Okay, what He's about won three Kyrie? titles, been in the finals Kyrie's every year. Kyrie's an isolation player. There are a lot of isolation uh, no, players no, in the league. Not. Kyrie is a take you off the dribble and I'm going to pass it or in score because nobody can stop me. ISO play. Well, that's because that was now, a bad he's, system. He's playing. He well, who was that on? Oh, okay. So you're not. Put, okay, so you want to put on Billy Donovan? I'm. I'm saying I will put it on Billy Donovan before I put it on Westbrook. You add two Hall of Fame players. And I will put it on Carmelo Anthony before I put oh, it on Westbrook. Why is it Melo's fault? The because new guy. He's been there for 15 minutes. Westbrook. He hasn't has, even unpacked his suitcase. And you're blaming has the guy? proven Ooh. that he can win at a high level. Melo has only been to the conference finals one time. He won a title, in and I like Melo. Just kidding. I'm just saying, if you if there's a pecking order of who's to blame, yeah, give me the pecking Westbrook order. Westbrook is. Not, I would What's say number one. Billy Donovan's oh. got to find the. You right think he's got a shot coaching three Any Hall of Famers? If he can't coach it, then then get him out. Okay, of so you say Billy Donovan's one. Who's two? Melo. Where's Russell Westbrook? He's not two. <laughs> He's he might be three or four. Who would maybe three is the rest of the team. <laughs> so so you want to okay. Westbrook is a tremendous player. Now he's got we his know warts. that he's a tremendous player. He's not but LeBron he's the James. problem. He's got his warts, but okay. the problem. Come Listen, on, Chris. Chris was he the problem when they had Kevin Durant? As you said, oh, was he the problem when they had Kevin Durant? Yes, that's why Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City. Really? Hello, really. When they had a three-one lead, was he a problem? Did you see the end of Game 6? Did you see the end of Game 6? I saw Westbrook and And Durant. Durant You're getting a little worked up here. So I'm just saying, like, don't put it all on Westbrook. Again, he's got his issues. I would like to see him move the ball a little more late in games. We're we're in the final minute here. I want to add something. He's the problem. If Westbrook wasn't in Oklahoma City, that team might have been. I I agree. I'm serious. They need to be thanking their lucky. I would agree. You have to have Westbrook. But. I want to just quickly go back to this. They've changed a lot of pieces in the last five, six years. James yeah. Harden's gone. Kevin Durant's gone. They swapped coaches. There's been one constant. They traded Harden. One con- yeah. yeah, Harden's and they've had one constant, and his name is Russell. Well, are but you going to make the leap? Successful they've been. Seven and nine is tremendous success. Thanks for playing. It's Chris. sixteen. No, I'm talking about the years. This has been one of the most successful teams in the last decade. And they've hit a wall. They've hit a Westbrook. ceiling. They've hit a boxed in. This, you because love of the Spurs. They won one I, title. I love the Spurs. One title in the last 10 years. I love the Spurs. No, I'm just saying. I don't not, love the Spurs. You're not criticizing the Spurs. They won one title in the last 10 years. They've got tremendous upheaval. I mean, Tim Duncan's gone. That's but, an old but team. My point is we praise the Spurs for their success. They got one title in the last 10 years. Okay. You're killing Oklahoma City and Russell Westbrook. They've had tremendous success. They haven't won a championship. Did you kill Steve Nash in Phoenix? He didn't even get them to the conference final or to the finals. I blame the referees for that Spurs-Sun series. My point is that, look, they had a great run. 
The, Russell Westbrook is leading Oklahoma City on a great run. Mm -hmm. It may not. It probably won't end in a title. Probably won't. <laughs> but they will, there will be a Russell Westbrook probably. era in Oklahoma. Yeah, and there has they to be. They got nobody it. else. Right? Yeah, they got to like enjoy there's it. there's a Steve Nash era in Phoenix, even though they didn't yes, get to the finals. Yes, of final. course. There, I would like agree with that. Just like there's a Charles Barkley era in Phoenix, even though they never won it. Just like there's a Chris Webber, Mike Bibby, Paige Stoyakovich. No doubt. I don't disagree Lonnie with that. Lonnie Divac era in Sacramento, even though they didn't win. I am destroying Wait, you. what about a Jason McIntyre <laughs> era in the zone? Even though you didn't win it. Even though you didn't win it. I won it. With that, we out. Nah, you don't even get enough. We out in the zone. Oh. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, SoundCloud, Twitter. <laughs> They're just screaming. <laughs>